message uh, title this morning is Series of Bumps. Everyone say Series of Bumps. We have a little humble cabin way up in the Upper Peninsula. And when you are going to that cabin, you're taking uh, US 2 from east to west. It's, you know, a beautiful highway. And once in a while, there'll be a sign that says bump ahead. And so you know that they're doing some kind of fixing or whatever. And so you watch for that bump. Well, when you turn on this road towards our cabin, it's about 12 miles off the main highway. Six of it, maybe seven is blacktop. The other half is gravel. And believe me, the gravel is much better than that blacktop is. So many years ago, and it's still there, there is a sign, as soon as you get on that blacktop, it says, series of bumps. We took that picture last week when we were up there cutting the grass. It has been there for years. I guess instead of fixing the bumps, it's just cheaper to put a sign up and say, you're going to feel and go over a lot of bumps, so just kind of prepare yourself. Series of bumps. I think it's a permanent sign. I don't think they're going to take care of the bumps. You're going to leave them there. Maybe in your driving you've seen this sign. Caution, road work ahead. Hmm? Nobody likes to see that sign, do they? If you live around a community where there's roads and highways and you see all those yellow barrels and barriers and you think, man, is this ever going to get done? I know it's going to look nice when it's all done, but how inconvenient it is right now. Let me ask you a question. What is the longest line at a grocery store? There it is. That's right. <laughs> the one that I'm in. It's always going to be a long one. But I've learned to embrace that. In fact, when I'm by myself, if Jeannie asked me to go and just maybe pick up a loaf of bread or some milk, uh, you know they have lines, we bag and you bag. I don't bag, usually. So I go to the we bag. And sometimes there's like some ladies especially, big carts full of groceries for their family, and I'll stand behind, and they'll look at me with these two items and say, oh, you, why don't you go ahead in front of me? Say, no, no, I, I can't do that. You're here first. I'll wait in line. And then sometimes in the U-bag line, this is just the way I am, yeah, really, you have to excuse me. In the U-bag line, there'll be nobody there. And the lady that's checking out or the guy that's checking out will say, well, listen, there's nobody over here. You can come over here. I said, no, I don't, I don't bag groceries. A loaf of bread and a quart of milk, right? And sometimes, a couple times, they've gotten so nervous about that. They said, well, listen, I'll bag the groceries for you then. So, All right, I'll get into that line. So it's just, just the way I am. But here's the point. We don't like delays in life, and yet, friends, delays often have their purpose. They come many times because God's doing in our lives road work ahead. And he goes before us preparing the path that you and I are going to travel down on this road. He sees the danger signs. He knows what has to be fixed. He knows the crooked places that need to be made straight. He knows the stop signs on the roadside and the guardrails that need to be erected in this life because things are ahead that only God knows. Have you ever wondered, God, what is really the holdup here? Why haven't my prayers been answered? Why hasn't my loved one been saved? Why hasn't the healing come? Why haven't I found that person I'm supposed to marry? Why am I stuck in this dead-end job? You know I've wanted to move and do something different. Why haven't you answered my prayer? God, why haven't I conquered this habit yet? Why am I still struggling in this area of my life? Why the delays? 
Well, let me suggest to you this morning, if you can look past the stop signs, you might see some road work being done. And I want to suggest to you, and I think they're worth remembering this morning, five areas in your life and mine that maybe will help you find the answers to the question, why the delays? Number one, I suggest that God might be preparing a situation or a person ahead for you. And even if you're ready, that situation or person may not be ready. Remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? He had a dream. He was going to be a leader. Even his brothers and his father were going to bow down to him. And you know the story, right? He ends up in Egypt. And for a while, it's all right. He's working. His brothers sold him out because they were jealous of him. He ends up in Egypt, sold there, doing pretty well with uh, one of the captains of the guard. But then his wife had some ideas, and Joseph ran away and got thrown into prison. And and he's there, actually, for 13 years. You ever think maybe when he was there during that time, he's thinking, Lord, you gave me this dream. You said I was going to be a leader. 13 years in the dungeon in Egypt. And those were in very nice places. I wonder if we ever thought, Lord, did I really miss out? Was that dream really not you? But then one day, and you know the story, he gets out and he rises second in command of all of Egypt. And now his brothers, thinking that he's dead, come to Egypt to get some food because there's a famine in the land, right? And they come before Joseph, and at first they don't recognize him, and then Joseph tells them that I'm your brother. And they are afraid because Joseph could really exact his revenge right now, couldn't he? But he didn't. Remember what he said? He said, listen, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good, for the saving of many people. And I think that happens in our lives too. The enemy has a plan and a purpose. He doesn't like us. He has a plan for our life, but God has a plan, and he's going to work it out for his glory and for your good. Why am I in this place? Why aren't things going better for me? What possible good can come out of it? Romans 8.28, God is preparing some things. All things and all things work together for good. Does it say all things are good? No. It says all things work together. Don't misquote that scripture. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called to fulfill his good purpose for them. Always remember that. God is going to work it out for his good for his glory, rather, and for your good. Secondly, God may be using new ways to refine your own character and deepen your trust in him. God wants you to learn to really trust him in the tough times. Do you believe that? Well, three of you do anyway. That's good. I've shared this with you before. Several years ago, a lady came into my office, and she said, and you'll remember this, she said, Pastor, what's your greatest spiritual struggle? And I said, trusting God. She said, oh, you don't trust God. I said, no, I trust God. She said, oh, you do trust God. I said, no, I don't trust God. And she got the picture. So we struggle with that sometimes, don't we? That's why I love the song. Maybe, maybe, I won't say for sure, but maybe my favorite hymn of all times in the last line says, oh, for grace to trust you more. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I proved you over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, Oh, for grace to trust you more. Sunday school teacher was reading from the Old Testament book of Jonah to her little class of youngsters. This is what she read from chapter 2. The Lord appointed a big fish, a great fish, to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, three nights. He prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. 
I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. The Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah on dry land. And that class was at rapt attention. And when she finished reading, she said, Now, children, you've heard the Bible story of Jonah and the great fish. What does that story teach us? Tommy raised his hand. She said, Tommy, what does that story teach us? He said, Teacher, it teaches us that you can't keep a good man down. <laughs> that was a great answer. You can't keep a good man down. Jonah was that man. His character was being refined, wasn't it? Maybe yours is too. We live in an instant age where everything, food, information, computer age. But I got news for you this morning. Spiritual maturity is going to take a little time. Hmm? Romans 5. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. That's a good word, by the way, perseverance. And perseverance, character. Everyone say character. And character, hope. Everyone say hope. Perseverance, character, and hope. Character in the dictionary means your moral fiber, your makeup, your integrity. It means your reputation. I've, sh I've shared this before, too, that when I was doing my very, <laughs> my very first series preaching at Living Hope Church on characteristics of an ambassador, marks of an ambassador, we got some friends here from Green Bay. They sadly remember that series of, uh, of teachings. But I called our congressman and said, what, is the, what are the main points, the main things you look for when you approve a ambassador, an ambassador to another country? He said, character and integrity, number one. He said, if they don't have that, any other quality doesn't mean anything. You have to have integrity. Church, that's our testimony, isn't it? Your integrity, how you live your life, how you live your life. James 1.4, I'm going to read a couple of verses before that. Dear brothers and sisters, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. What? That's what mine says. I don't know what yours says. Be happy, for the way is rough. Your patience, when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow, and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, everyone say full bloom, then you will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. Wow, that's good stuff, isn't it? In this world, you'll have tribulation. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. But he said, be of good cheer, because why? He's overcome. He's overcome the world. No matter what you think of the world right now, Jesus will still overcome the world. As we go headlong into these last days, there's going to be a time when all the world will see Jesus face to face. And then, willingly or unwillingly, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Oh, the Bible is so unclear, isn't it? <laughs> Don't try to squirm out of your problems. Listen, there may be some things in the Bible I don't understand. There's some parts of Revelation that can be difficult, and you read commentaries, and some of them disagree, but that's not going to trip you up. The part that will trip you up is the part that trips me up, and that's the part that I know and understand only too clearly, but refuse to obey. Right? The Bible's clear. A soft answer turns away anger. As Pastor Erickson used to say, how are you doing with that one today? That's true. How are you doing with that one? Don't try to squirm out of your problems. When your patience is in full bloom, you'll be ready for 
anything. Several elderly church members were being asked about their longevity, and one wealthy old woman said, Mabel, why do you think that God has permitted you to reach the age of 92? And without hesitation, she said, I think it was to test the patience of my relatives. Well, I guess we do test the patience of our relatives from time to time, don't we? But remember, when it's in full bloom, you'll be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. Number three, spiritual battles sometimes may sometimes cause delays. You know there's a battle going up there in the, in the heavenlies spiritually? Remember when Daniel in chapter 10, he was praying to God. He was in a very difficult situation, and he needed help. And then three weeks later, the angel comes to him and said, I was, I was delayed. I, I was on my way, but there was a battle with the demonic forces. And we fought, and the forces of heaven won, but there was a delay. There was a battle in the heavenlies. Listen, know who your enemy is. Flesh and blood is not your enemy. Your, your enemy doesn't sit in some place in government. He doesn't sit at the head of some corporation. Your enemy resides in the pit of hell. We battle not flesh and blood, but principalities, powers in high places, demonic forces. That is what we battle. We need to understand that. Listen, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Satan wants you. He wants you. If you're a child of God, Satan wants you if you're God's. But Jesus said to Peter, listen, he reminds you, listen, here's a great verse. John 10, 10. Always remember, Satan is not on your side. He's not your friend. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. Right? He's, he's not for you. But Jesus has come that you might have life to the very fullest. That's his plan. Satan is not a friendly plan. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. Peter, Satan wants you. But I have interceded for you, Peter. And remember that. When you're going through the hard times, you have a Savior in heaven who is interceding for you. And he will help you. And he'll give you what you need. And he'll give you the direction that you need. Just a little aside here. I don't talk to the devil. And I don't talk to demons. Because I just read where even Michael said in the New Testament, when he was contending with the devil, he said he did not presume to pronounce judgment upon him. But he said... Lord, rebuke you. So when there's any rebuke you need to be done, it's not going to be me. It's going to be the Lord. Lord, rebuke those forces that are coming against me. You talk to the Lord. Don't talk to your enemy. Is that making sense to you this morning? Okay. Number four, God may use delays to help you, and I appreciate what he's already given us. Hmm. You know, one of the marks of the end times is ungratefulness. Isn't that interesting? Just before the world, Jesus comes back, he said, one of the marks is an ungrateful world. An old man was in the habit of having his lunch at a local diner every day, and he ordered the same thing, soup of the day and bread. One day the manager came to him and said, how do you like your meal? He said, it's good enough, but I don't get enough bread. Two slices isn't enough. So the next day, manager told the waitress, give the man four slices. She did. Manager came up to him later and said, how was your meal? He said, it was good, but a little more bread would be nice. So manager gave instructions the next time to give the man eight slices. Next day, he asked again, how was your meal? He said, good, good, but I could use a little more bread. 
Next day, the man received a whole loaf, 16 slices in all. He was asked the inevitable question when it came time to pay the meal. How was your meal, sir? It was good, but I would have liked it if you had given me a little more bread. Now the manager is obsessed with trying to please this customer. And he sends out someone to the bakery to bring a six-foot-long loaf of bread. The man came for lunch, and the manager cut the loaf in half, buttered the entire length of each half, laid it out on the counter next to the man's bowl of soup. Old man sat down to his lunch, devoured both the bowl of soup and the two halves of the six-foot-long loaf of bread. Thinking he finally met the man's expectation, the manager said with confidence, Well, how was your meal today? The man replied, It was good as usual, but I see you're back to serving only two slices of bread. That was too good not to use this morning. Listen, every fall, my wife and I, sometimes some friends, Jeannie's brother, go up to the Upper Peninsula in the fall. The colors are spectacular and beautiful. And we're just driving through some of those. And if I'm driving at 59 miles an hour, is that the Christian speed limit, isn't it? 59. <laughs> anyway, if I'm going too fast, I don't enjoy the colors because I'm concentrating. But if we stop, car, get out of the car, walk through some woods, walk on some trails, we really see and observe, and, and I can really appreciate the beauty of what God has created and what he's provided. If you've had kids, sometimes you serve a meal and you say, dessert follows. They don't care what the dessert is. They just know it's a dessert and it's sweet. You say, if you eat everything on your plate, you can have dessert. And so they wolf down the food and, and uh, not even thinking about how good it might taste or not because they want to get to that dessert. Their tendency is to wolf it down. They don't enjoy it as much. How often are we guilty of wolfing down the present to get something out of the future? Not even appreciating what God has done for us. Listen, if you're experiencing a major delay right now, use this as an opportunity to begin to think about the blessings that God has given you in your life to this point. Your salvation, your relationship with the Lord, a beautiful church that God has given you to worship in, neighbors, friends, relatives. You begin to think, if the old song said, count your blessings, name them one by one, you'll have a long time to go through all the blessings that God has given you. How often have we encountered brothers and sisters in a very difficult situation, maybe the loss of a loved one or sickness, and it seems like they still have joy in their hearts. It's amazing, isn't it? Because they think about what God has done. Yes, yes, this is hard. Yes, this is difficult. Yes, this is very, very hard to go through. But God is a good God all the time. We sang the song, God is so good. He's been good to us. He's been good to us. There's an old chorus that maybe 90% of you don't know. But it's an old, but it says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel the sod. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Church, aren't you glad you're a part of the family of God? Amen. Amen. Let God reveal his goodness to you even in the midst of delays. Amen? Number five. That's four or five. Number five. God's delays make reaching the destination even more wonderful. If you've ever been delayed in getting to your from 
one place to the next. Maybe you're heading home from a vacation. I remember back in our college years, uh, in Evangel in Springfield, Missouri, 20, 30, 40, 50, some years ago. <laughs> Come home for a Christmas break, and sometimes at that time, not so bad down in Missouri, but you get closer up in Illinois and Wisconsin, the weather could be really terrible. And sometimes what should have been an 11-hour trip turns out to be a, maybe a 13- or 14-hour trip, uh, just a terrible time. But how much more we appreciate walking through the doors of our home, of our house, after having been away, and it just made, even though it was hard, it made coming back home that much more sweet. Maybe some of you are too young to remember, but when the Vietnam War ended and all those prisoners of wars for, for three, four, five, two, up to six years that were there in some of those scenes when the planes landed after, you know, the accords were signed and those prisoners got off the plane and those reunions with their family were so powerful, so sweet because of all the difficulties they had gone through. But now they're home. Now they're back with their friends and loved ones. They were so, so happy. And even if there hadn't been someone to welcome him, the place was so bad, it made the homecoming all that more powerful. Listen, church, we haven't reached our destination yet. We know what our destination is, don't we? If you're a child of God, if it's in this life, Paul said that we only have hope, we are of all people most miserable. No, our hope is what is yet to come. That's why I can say to you, I don't care what the circumstances are, church, the best is yet to come. If you're a child of God, the best is yet to come. If you're not a child of God, the worst is yet to come. You need to give your life to Jesus if you haven't. Delays of this life, the bumps, the series of bumps, the caution signs will only make reaching your destination that much more sweet. So instead of chafing with impatience, when you see a flagger up ahead in the lanes of life, I encourage you to think that maybe, just maybe, God is holding the stop sign, and you'll be glad for the road work that he did to make your trip safe, to make your road safe and smooth, and you'll appreciate the delays that much more as you go through life. Occasionally, looking through the rearview mirror and understanding and seeing and getting a perspective as to what God has already done in your life. Isaiah chapter 4 40, but they that wait upon the Lord. We don't like to wait. We're Americans. We want it done now, quick. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, folks. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Church, lean hard on God. Lean hard on His Word. Trust God through the good. Trust God through the difficult. Because there's going to be both. But even through the difficult, you can say, praise God, I know what his word says. I'm not going to lean on these circumstances. I'm going to lean on God's word. I know the best is yet to come. I know he's working it all together for my good, for his glory. And ultimately, it's going to turn around. So I'm not going to fear, and I'm not going to doubt. And in Jesus' name, I'm going to trust him through every circumstance of life. You say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning for all that he's done for us. Amen. Amen. Worship team, would you come? And would you bow your heads, church, for just a moment or two? I know that some of you have gone through some really difficult times. And maybe you're going through some times right now. And I hope this message in the Word of God has encouraged you this morning. That you can trust God to see what 
he has planned for you is good. And he's going to work it out for your good. And he's going to work it out for your glory. He's such a good God. Even when things aren't good, God is always good. Oh, for grace, Lord, to trust you more. So just a couple of questions here, and then we'll move on. We'll do a worship song, and we'll pray and close the service. When I said the best is yet to come, that's for God's people. Maybe, maybe you never made that decision. Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Maybe you don't have the assurance of your eternal destiny will be in heaven with Jesus and others that you know and love. Maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and say, give your life to Jesus right now. I'd love to be able to pray a prayer with you. I'm just going to ask if that's you. Just raise your hand. I'm just going to take a couple seconds. So I want to ask this question. I told you when I started here, I'm going to give people a chance every Sunday to give their life. You'll never be able to say, I did not have an opportunity to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, you want me to pray for you? Just quickly raise your hand. I'm just going to wait just a couple seconds. Second question, how many of you have really been chafing and really having a hard time with some delays, some things in your life that you've been struggling with? You've been having a hard time holding on to your faith and hope and belief that God's going to work it out for good, for your good? You say, Pastor, I, <laughs> I really need God to increase my faith and my trust in him to believe. I've heard the message this morning, and I want the Holy Spirit to seal that message within me this morning. And Pastor, just kind of remember me when you're closing in prayer. That's you. Would you raise your hand this morning? Father God, we love you, and we're thankful. Even as we sang about the cross and Jesus, what you did for us, you gave it all. And I pray, Lord, if there's things that we're holding back from you, if there's things that we have not yet released to you, that we would do that this morning as we close here in this final prayer and this final song in time. You loved us to the cross. You paid the price for our sins. And we are so incredibly and eternally grateful to you for that. For those who are struggling, for those who have been praying for something, someone for so long, and on the, on the verge of just kind of losing hope and faith and trust, Lord, just rebuild it today. Let your word be powerful. Let it be strong. Let it be uplifting. Help us make a commitment to look into your word every day for what you have for us. Because every day you speak to us through your word, if we will make a commitment to it, Lord, give us a passion and a love for your word. Lord, help us to continue to obey you in praying for this church and praying for each other and praying for the future. Lord, you have a great plan for Calvary Church. And Lord, whatever the enemy is weaponizing against it, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Your weapons are strong to the tearing down of strongholds. And nothing will stop your work from being accomplished at Calvary Church in this community. The best is yet to come, church. The best is yet to come. Thank you, Jesus.